Hey, everybody, download the Podcoin app where you can get paid to listen to your favorite podcasts like Collateral Cinema or Collateral Gaming. And you can use those Podcoins to purchase gift cards and other items from retailers such as Amazon or Target or from places like Starbucks and whatnot. And upon registration, if you use the promo code COLLATERAL, you will receive 300 pod coins right off the bat, and you can use them for whatever. You can also use them to donate to charity. So download the app. You can find it on Google Play. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. And also check us out on Podcoin. Like I said, promo code collateral, 300 pod coins. So once again, that's Podcoin, the podcast app that pays you. And now for our final podcast shout out of the season. And we are shouting out a podcast that I am actually on aside from the stuff you hear on Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming. And that is the Country Club Podcast. And yes, country is spelled exactly as you think it is. But it's a pretty rowdy show. It's all comedy. It touches on politics a little bit here or there. But uh, yeah, check them out. It's hosted by Michael Cornwell and Samuel Kurtzer and Matthew Ryan and also featuring yours truly. So check them out on SoundCloud. Check them out on iTunes and follow them on Facebook. And with that, on with the show. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. Megan Price. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so smoke it if you've got it. Folks, today is our season finale. Uh, We've had a great season here at Collateral Cinema, and we're reviewing a very special and important movie to all of us, and we'll get into that in a bit, um, but... For this episode, we do have a guest star, Megan Price. Hello, everybody. What's up? Happy to be here. Thank y'all so much. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm really not very prepared. It's obvious. It's okay. I'm I'm not that prepared either. That's kind of why I went ahead and had Ash take the lead on this. He's going to go ahead and get into the discussion in a little bit, but I'm excited to talk about this movie. It's a lot of fun, right, Ash? Yeah, yeah, right. it's going to be a lot of fun. This movie's very near and dear to our hearts. And and Dakota, what is that movie? The Princess Bride. Princess uh, Bride. Yeah, no, it's it's like what I was saying. I didn't nobody came prepared for this, but this movie <laughs> I've I've seen this movie so many Thank times God. in my life. I mean, I, I grew up with this movie. It's my parents' favorite movie. So I, I can quote this movie, I mean, word for word. That's awesome, man. Like seriously. No, the thing with The Princess Bride is that it is adapted from a 1973 novel. Now, the film adaptation came out in 1987, and uh, that's what's most familiar, at least to me. Right. I haven't read the book personally, um, but what I do know about it is that it 
was actually adapted directly into the screenplay from the original author, William Goodman. And within the context of the book, William Goodman is actually the abridger and commentator on S. Morgenstern's work. Yeah. And in the movie, it's S. Morgenstern's book that Peter Falk is reading to Fred Savage, right? Yeah, no, that's right. So there's like a, there's like a pseudonym going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the S. Morgenstern book exists in both continuities. And what's also implied is that the reader, in this case the grandfather, is uh, abridging the tale by cutting out all the scary parts. And that frame narrative we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, it's also featured prominently in a, a recent movie. But I did want to go ahead and talk about a little bit of this movie's development. Now, of course, uh, that is directed by Rob Reiner. Uh, and you're familiar with Rob Reiner, right, Bo? Oh, yeah. I've watched him for many, many years. I, I remember he was originally Meathead on All in the Family from back in the day. When I, when I was young, they used to show a lot of reruns of old school sitcoms. And that's where I first saw him. And I also remember him releasing a lot of other interesting movies. He, he even released one that was kind of, eh, it's called North. It's pretty fucking racist, actually, in many, many ways. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, man, it's kind of excruciating to watch. Doesn't sound like a fun movie. And he also did Misery. Oh. That, yeah, he was, he's the one who directed Misery. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's also dipped into horror here and there. Yeah. So, and that's a pretty familiar name in the industry. I know I've heard of Rob Reiner before. Right, I've heard the name. I know I've heard him as a popular director. You know. So the producer for the Princess Bride is actually Andrew Scheinman. And uh, what do you know about Scheinman, Bo? Not a whole lot. I mean, I'm not really that up to snuff on most Hollywood producers. Honestly, I've always been more of a director person. What? I mean, so I mean, I've never really paid attention to a whole lot of them. I mean, of course, I mean, especially especially. After recent events, everybody knows Harvey Weinstein, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and his brother. But I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of other producers that I really know about, so I can't really comment on that. What's his brother's name? Brett, right? Oh, um, it would be Brett, Bob Weinstein, or something like that. Maybe not who I'm thinking. <laughs> Maybe I think I'm thinking it's of different Bro people. Bob or something like that. I don't know, but fuck that motherfucker. Why are we talking Weinstein? Fuck yeah, that right. motherfucker. Apparently, Scheinman is known for producing Seinfeld oh, and really? uh, A Few Good Men. So oh, those, those wow. are I remember that from high school theater, and it was miserable. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And now, together, together, Rob Reiner and Andrew Scheinman and, of course, William Goldman produced this movie, which is The Princess Bride, which has become a cult classic. Uh, in recent times, uh, and in many ways, it has a huge cultural impact, I would say. Wouldn't you guys agree? Oh, obviously, especially going with the internet memes that came out after very long, you know? Yeah. So, and upon release, I know it wasn't that successful. It got, you know, mediocre uh, box office. But now, you know, this is a favorite of, of many fans. You know, it's, it's something that I know is deeply ingrained in yours and my childhood, you know, and also Bo's and, and yours as well, Megan. Yeah, very much so. And what's funny is that I didn't realize it had the following that it did until Facebook. Well, anyway, I didn't realize that I had as many fellow fans of the movie until social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just kind of a nerdy thing, but apparently it's like an everyone thing. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, it has kind of uh, blown up on social media and become a meme. It's, in its great own though. Right. Several, several memes. They're awesome. I mean, this this movie leaves a legacy. 
Um, it's now, a cult classic, right? Yeah, right. And, and so Definitely. much so that oh, man. it was considered significant. Um, Whoa! By the National Film Registry, being like deemed that. as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, it was made into the Criterion Collection, which we mentioned before on our Freddie Got Fingered episode. Oh yeah, I I love the Criterion Collection, and I'm glad that Princess Bride is on there now. I mean, they, they're going to have some uh, Jackie Chan movies on there, both the Police Story movies. So awesome. I find it funny that there's a whole group of people who decide what is significant and what is not significant. (laughs) That's such a loaded word. You know, significant. Yeah. Insignificance. Right. Right. Well, it's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. I mean, what, what really is important? What, what does that mean? You know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Can you think of a insignificant movie? I can think of one personally. Yeah, we shall and, not speak its name. And, and, but no, it's no, can we please not? Can we please not do that? <laughs> it's it's out there where it belongs. <laughs> so. Kangaroo Jack. It out. Is it still outside, Bo? <laughs> no, no, it's it's the that, master of disguise. Uh, that that's our bane. Oh, that, oh, right. I'm sorry. And that is our criteria. But also, Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo, Kangaroo Jack, Jack is. I don't really remember that movie. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what that movie is either. I, I watched mean, it. I don't oh remember it. I remember. I remember a tank girl. Ice T was a kangaroo. So. Not the same at all. <laughs> I, I'm sure. <laughs> Unfortunately. So beyond the modest box office success, um, the Princess Bride, of course, did make it onto several top films, uh, yeah. such as uh, Bravo's 100 Funniest Movies, number 50, the American Film Institute's number 88, AFI's 100 Years. Also, uh, 46 in Channel 4's 50 Greatest Comedy Films list. And like I said before, uh, inducted into the National Film Registry. So it's got a lot going for it. There's a lot of awards, a lot of things that it's won, and it, it's a good movie, you can tell. And why is it so culturally relevant? That's another loaded question, bro. I think that it's really just the quotability of the movie, honestly. I mean, that, that's where the memes come from, and that you, you can attribute that to the screenplay and the dialogue written by William Goldman. That, that's his name, right? William right, Goldman? the author, yeah. yeah. The author? Yeah, he also wrote the screenplay, and it's, it, it doesn't miss a beat in any way. There's, there's no filler in this at all. Yeah, like, the pacing is perfect. Like, slow enough that it doesn't feel rushed necessarily, but fast enough that you, you give a shit. You know, they don't spend too long dwelling on any particular scene. Um, even going so far to, to have what I would say plot inconsistencies that are part of the charm of the movie. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter if these characters knew this thing or not. Well, it, it's a fairy tale. It's fairy a fairy tale, exactly. Always, it always had those kinds of weird plot holes in in the story and everything because it because it's always supposed to have a moral to it you know right. and that's and the point is to get to the moral and that's to be expected you know you see yeah. a fairy tale you know that you're gonna have some inconsistencies exactly D- does this movie have kind of a morality play element to it like uh, most other fairy tales or does it kind of satirize it a little bit i mean i, I feel like it all falls on the satire thing yeah right. you know yeah. and that's what i'm thinking here is they don't give a shit if there's inconsistencies exactly. or not like they don't have to think about the people in the movie right see this, this like, movie that's the beauty of it right this movie they they focus on the the satire yeah but but it's about true love R- oh, true love, marriage is what brings <laughs> us together today. I mean, that would be the theme, right? See, just th- just that right there is so perfect. Oh, it you know? is. You know, I mean, 
you were going to do my wedding, which, by the way, is tomorrow night. I'm getting married. Right. Or to- tomorrow during the Woo. day. So yeah. tonight's kind of the bachelor party. But um, Dakota, <laughs> we were eventually, we were thinking of doing like a private ceremony with Dakota doing the marriage. Yeah, because <laughs> I got a, uh, I got ordained. He's ordained. You're ordained? Yeah, I got Dude, ordained that's online. that's awesome. Yeah, I did. I went online and got ordained. It's so easy. But to do it, you have to like, the website I found anyway, which is a uh, getordained.org. My uh, mom did the same. Yeah, uh, Universal <laughs> Life Church. You know, gotta gotta throw in a little support there because I'm ordained now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, there's like a 39.99 package that you buy, it's and a that package. gives you no, that gives you the certificates, <laughs> like the proof, the form is that you show that you show the people. You know, so you so, get, you just be a minister. Do you period. Get forty dollars, like you a can notary? get someone married. You can wow. get ma- somebody married for forty dollars. That's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Well, Sweet. going into marriage right now, um, it does cost a little bit more than that on the, <laughs> right. the, the side of the people that are be, you know about to be married. I mean, you got to pay like eighty bucks just to get the the license, and then you got to pay a hundred bucks to get a JP, and however much money you're going to spend on the ceremony, yeah. you're going to do that. Yeah, of course. I'm already looking at all these factors. So, of course, I decided I'm going to spend my money just having a good night out, the best restaurant and the best hotel. Instead of a big ceremony inviting everyone. Yeah. And yeah, then having yeah. like a later honeymoon. Yeah, we're gonna throw a big reception later. Um, but anyway, back to the Princess Bride. I think the main thing is as Bo said, the many, many quotable lines in this movie. Practically every line I would say. Right. That you can pick out any line in this movie and, and it's a quote. Like I the mean, Star Wars prequels. Right. It's on a t shirt. <laughs> it's what? on a t shirt somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and throughout that, those those lines, there's there, there's a consistent humorous tone to it all, you know, just joke after joke after joke, but it's natural, and I, you laugh every time you watch this movie, every single time. Oh, uh, it, uh, it, it it's inherently a funny movie. I mean, just from the get go, even between the Fred Savage and Peter Falk, right? You know, there's. It, it, it's cute, but it's also funny at the same time, you know, because right. you know, Fred Savage, he's always interrupting, and that kind of influences the flow of the story in many ways. Yeah, and then, you know, in addition to, yeah, that frame narrative, um, which I do want to talk about, and then also, you know, the, the consistent humor, uh, action sequences, you know, as he says, fencing, fighting, sports. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's a Tim sports. and Eric reference for you, children. Oh, don't go there. Oh, what? What? Damn it. Damn it, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. T- Tim and Eric is, is amazing. All right. And then, um, you know, also we've got um, just that the general focus, of course, on romance, which in a way is almost satirical in its depiction of romance as well. But, but true to Earth. More, more or, more or less. less. Yeah, yeah. I think it's satirical being held up against everything else in the movie, you know? I mean, by the time the movie's all said and done, you don't really care about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I mean, it, it goes many, many places. I mean, it, it starts out with a kidnapping, and you have the murder. three- Yeah, a murder and a kidnapping, and you have the three- you have like Andre the Giant and Eagle Montoya and uh, Wallace Shawn's character of along the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you start from one end, you end at the other, and the middle is just a lot of fun. Right, and there's that, not. It's a tight story. There's not a single character in this movie that's not memorable either. 
Not at all. Every Seriously. single one of them you can quote, you can talk about, you can make a joke about. There's a t-shirt. You know, they're, yeah. they're just so memorable. <laughs> right, B- Billy Crystal's character. Billy Crystal, exactly. Miracle Max. Miracle That's Max. perfect. Yeah, I mean, he, he has some perfect moments, especially with his wife. Exactly. And Even his, his wife. Another memorable character. Humperdink! 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 I'm not listening! <laughs> <laughs> well, like I was saying, that's so Liar! That's so great. All these characters are so memorable. I mean, from the six-fingered man to Inigo Montoya, y- you can remember remember them all. Yeah. You know, and you've got uh, Carrie Albus's character, Wesley. Can't also, forget that. the Hot. Pirate Roberts or the Men in Black. Who, who who was also in Robin Hood, Men in Tights, yes. and he was the lead character in Saw. Not to mention a uh, bonus in three different episodes of Psych. Oh, Georgia okay. Rule. Georgia he Rule. played the creep in Georgia Rule. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I awesome. was waiting for that one. What was that, Ash? Despero? Yeah. From, uh, from, from Psych. Psych yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that character. <laughs> in 1972, Academy Award winner William Goldman wrote The Princess Bride. It took 15 years before director Rob Reiner brought it to the screen. Now critics and audiences agree it was worth the wait. Joel Siegel says The Princess Bride is thrilling, exciting, very funny, and absolute magic. Don't miss it. People Magazine calls it an instant classic, the good time movie of the year. Just the right mix of hilarity and heartbreak. The entire cast is superb, but the funniest is Billy Crystal. Bill Harris says The Princess Bride is one of the best movies of the year, an absolute gem. One of the funniest and most charming comedies I've seen in a long time, says Roger Ebert. And Siskel and Ebert give it two big thumbs up. Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle! The Princess Bride, rated PG. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Yeah, and Carrie Elwes, of course, plays the badass Wesley, who learns all of these skills and is able to master fencing beyond the skill of someone who's been studying for 20 years and also a, a, a giant and also, yeah, yeah. well, Fazzini's not nearly as smart as he claims to be, but right. <laughs> no, no, he, he's a pseudo intellectual all the way through. Yeah. Um, he, he's a lot like some people you sometimes get into arguments with. Exactly. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? <yeah. laughs> Most conservatives. Right. That was oh. the importance of that scene was to show his skills. You know, he has, he has skill, he has strength, and he has intelligence. Yeah, that was the point of that. It was a trial. Right, right. You've got that, you know, Triforce, right? <laughs> For there lack you go. of a better that, term, you it. know what I mean? <laughs> um, courage, wisdom, and strength. That's a good way of putting it. You're right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and he, he embodies all of these qualities um, before you even realize who it is. Because, you know, the, the reveal that the man in black is Wesley is, of course, saved for the as you wish moment when he's rolling down the hill. Right. Yeah. Is it obvious, did you guys think or Yeah. I yeah. think it's yeah. very obvious. It's meant to be, right? I was like 4 years old and called it. Like that dude is totally Wesley. Right. It's implicit within the narrative. I think I, it was important to see his face and you you start to realize it as you go on. You know, yeah, and his mannerisms. Even though he grew that stupid looking mustache, God, <laughs> I, I I think it was pretty obvious from the get go to me yeah. who the, who it was. I mean, yeah. of course Wesley was going to come back for her, right? And he's just killed off unceremoniously in the beginning, and in this kind of movie that you know, no, it, no, it, that it, doesn't it, happen. I mean, he, he's he's al- he's almost dead. At one point, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This movie, yeah, it appeals to your intellect in a way, you know? I think that's what makes this a timeless classic is that it it doesn't 
patronize you. No, no, no. It actually it doesn't talk down to you. It talks to you. you right. Know? Like, like, like even with the scene where Vicini and Dread Pirate Roberts, they have the wine challenge, you know, the battle of wits. Yeah. That right there is a perfect example of that. He's only mostly dead. Not He's all dead. He's only mostly dead. Of yes. course. Um, and then you've got, of course, Mandy Patinkin. Uh, and oh, Nico Montoya, yeah. who we named our cat after. Right? We sure did. Of course you did. Which, of course, he plays Gideon in Criminal Minds. That's yeah. awesome. Criminal Minds is a pretty good movie or show, show. I should say. What? I'm just I've never even seen it. Maybe, so. they, sh- maybe they should make a Criminal Minds well, You movie. mentioned SVU earlier. It's like SVU. Oh. Yes, but the character development in Criminal Minds is beyond anything. Okay, but does it have Olivia Benson in it? Olivia Benson? Uh, Detective Olivia Benson, SVU. I'm assuming not. (laughs) Mm, Damn. Okay. It's got Spencer Reed. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, oh, God, there's so many characters. Steve from uh, Hawaii Five-0. Don't know. Love Hawaii Five-0. Man, I don't watch enough TV to know who these actors are. Me either, man. Steve McGarrett, that's it. Dakota is the TV guy. Oh, oh, he is? Yeah. Okay, then. Dakota knows any face, like, on any TV show ever. Hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Like he'll be like, "Oh, that's so and so from such and such." I watch How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Oh yeah, with uh, with Neil Patrick Harris yes. and Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Oh, and and uh, a series of unfortunate events. NPH's role as Count Olaf was awesome. He played mm-hmm. Count Olaf Jim in Carrey. that. Really? I mean, Jim Carrey. No, not, I'm not taking anything away from Jim Carrey's performance, but. And, and that, that's the same thing I'm making about The Grinch, okay? I, I don't know <laughs> if I should watch the new one. I know it's Benedict Cumberbatch, and I love Benedict Cumberbatch, but you can't <laughs> top Jim Carrey's performance, right? No. That is that is a pretty good example. I mean, Jim Carrey, he brings so much to every role that he does, and the, especially in you know a series of unfortunate events and The Grinch. I mean, he pretty much becomes those characters dude the so mask? He, he was so yeah in the mask yeah he, he was perfect be, for all those characters. right imagine trying to remake the mask i mean you don't do that no you can't remake the mask because jim carrey is the mask okay what, what's up megan you're just like what are you guys talking about i feel like i don't like a lot of popular movies and they're wow. all gonna come out in this episode oh my god yeah. what what do you not like i'm i don't like the mask you don't no. like the mask i know i know wow i know <laughs> All right, controversial question here. This is coming next season, but did you like Suicide Squad? I fell asleep halfway through. I stopped the movie like twenty minutes in because it was shit. I wasn't even trying. But to we fall are leaving. We are did. leaving that shit for season three, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, right, that, that's true. episode uh-huh. one of Collateral Cinema. Will be Collateral Cinema Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Civil I just don't, War. I don't do comic book stuff. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. For the longest time, I didn't, but I recently got into it, and it's like, oh, okay. I see what they've been doing these past 10 years. There's a lot of compelling uh, narratives, mm-hmm. you know, and this movie, of course, also, you know, very compelling narrative. Oh, right. Um, we're still talking about we're The talking Princess about Bride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we are. We, we just went on another tangent. Hey, that's collateral cinema for y'all. Oh, of course. I mean, um, I, I, th- I think our listeners kind of expect that from us by now. Yeah. So. That's okay. Um, But, you know, we can't continue this podcast without talking about the badassery of Inigo Montoya. Mm. Oh man, he's so great and so honorable. Like so much respect to him he's just and a his good character. Guy. He is. He I mean just, he, he, he doesn't just, he just wants to avenge his father. That's all he wants. Exactly. He has yeah. what is known to many fans as 
the most iconic line in the movie, you know, whenever he, and, and specifically at the moment when he encounters Count Rugen, the man that slayed his father, and says, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That moment is just so chilling. It is. But I, right. I, I, I like the first time he says it, though, when he's uh, chilling out with Dread Pirate Roberts or the man in black, I think he's called at that point or something Wesley. like that. Yeah. Wesley. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he says, hello, my name is Nico Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. This is almost like ruefully, you know, he's like just looking forward to that moment. And, and he says yeah, it again this, uh, and again. There's a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's there's gumption there, you know? Yeah. And, and as he says it again and again and again and again to Count Rugen, and then finally, you know, offer me anything I want. Anything. I want my father back, you son, son of, of a, a bitch. bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that that's such an epic moment and I mean the sword fighting in this movie is so intense. Like that that first uh, duel between Inigo and Wesley, that's like poetry. And and, and they're constantly bringing up actual fencing terms. That's what I was know? wondering is how true to life the fencing scene All was. of that is true to life. Those are named after actual people who wrote books on the art of fencing. Like a a Gr- like Agrippa yeah, Capafero. All all those are people who were big in fencing at that time. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, I mean, so it's very, very uh, like accurate in that way. That's awesome, and so that's another sense to the Men in Blacks because Inigo Montoya has been studying swordplay for twenty years since the murder of his father in order to avenge him by killing the six fingered man that slayed him, and. Even with all that practice, however much time exists between the the introduction and the present block of the movie, Wesley has learned far more. Yeah. And it creates kind of an interesting dynamic. And, and just that scene, a relationship between the two characters, you know, it's that anime rivalry, right, Bo? It's pretty much just like that. It's like uh, Inuyasha and Koga. Naruto and Sasuke. Naruto and Sasuke. Uh, probably even... Uh Akira, or or should I say Kaneda and Tetsuo? Oh Akira. yeah, fuck yeah, Akira. Yeah, Light and L. It's another Light episode L. next season. Yeah. No, with the uh, yeah, that's going to be an episode, I believe. Hey, We're going to uh, do a couple of anime. Ash, you mentioned earlier the most memorable quotes of the movie. Megan, you said you had something to say on that. Yeah, what's that? Nobody mentioned as you wish. As you wish. And I oh, feel like yeah. to me, like that's the that well, that's, that, that's it. That, that pretty is. much ends the movie right there. I don't and think it begins. The begins movie. the movie. It bookends. Right. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see how the Nigo Montoya quote got just as popular, if not more. Oh, totally. Because I mean, the movie was if there's any movie that you're any line that you're supposed to get out of the movie, it was as you wish. And I think that would have been the one that should have blown but up. But Inigo yeah, Montoya yeah. is but way it, more badass. It is. Yeah. It is. He, do, he just down. is in, in every way. Yeah. So I mean those are both extremely iconic lines enough the i've seen it on you know merchandise and hot topic yeah, yeah. anyone want a peanut also iconic there you go <laughs> exactly physics character played by andre the giant andre the giant who gotta love him at that time he had just had surgery on his back so he couldn't put a lot of weight on his on the back on his spine mm. or anything that really um, showed yeah i mean th- those moments where uh, he's fighting uh, wesley I, like and he's uh, choking him out. Like he was pretty much on like a sling or something. You never would have known. No, he, you crazy. never would have known. I mean, he, he's not actually holding him up. Rest in peace, Andre. Rest in peace, Andre. It's yeah. He he lived a very short but very successful life, and 
he a lot of his problems were degenerative and they were hereditary. It was he had a specific condition. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah. Well, you know, yeah, he he always had health problems. It, it was always very painful for him, and, and, and especially being a wrestler, right? You know, and speaking yeah. of, you know, memorable quotes again, Fazzini's character, inconceivable. I mean, how could you forget that? That one's also inconceivable. Yeah, which, just saying it out of context so many times. We had a greeting card that said it was like a gift card, you know, and you had it, it's like happy birthday, and it was inconceivable on it. And you open it up, and it made the noise. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, but. <laughs> Earlier, when we were talking about this, I went ahead and Googled it just to be sure. Conceivable was basically like able to imagine, to think of. Right. right. So basically so inconceivable. It wasn't that out of context. So it's basically like he's saying it as unimaginable. Yeah, like out of this world. So why no not way. just say unimaginable? Okay, but he didn't. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's not really, clever enough to say unimaginable. It's really That's the not thing. that inaccurate. He, he's, he's not a, as intelligent or nearly as clever as I'm an apologist. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think inconceivable. I mean, that is used right. But then again, that perspective may be only because, you know, growing up when I thought of inconceivable, I think I tied it back to this movie because I think this would have been my first use as a child. Yeah. Hearing that word. For and sure. So etymologically for me, you know. That word has its roots here, which just shows how influential this movie is. Exactly, exactly. It's like not directly synonymous of impossible, but it's kind of close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And that's all it means. And he, I think he uses that correctly, but you know, he uses it so frequently, um, which it's hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And and so you know that that's eventually when when uh, Nigo Montoya asks. Tells him, you know, <laughs> that iconic line, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> Yet another meme right there. That's a meme. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember when that meme first became popular. I mean, that was when I was starting to become a little more aware of social media at that point. And also some of the stuff that was coming off of 4chan. Mm. Ew. Oh, yeah, gosh. no, I, I got I, I I ran away from that very quickly after a while. Yeah, stay it, off it got, Chan. No, it was it become very toxic very very quickly. In many ways, it always was like that. But I mean, I as soon as that bullshit started coming out of that, I was just like, no, nah, these guys are idiots. At, at this point, it, it's known. Just stay away from Four Chan. Yeah, just stay away from Four Chan. I was the victim of a Four Chan prank once. Oh no, not fun. Fuck, oh, not God. cool. That's not cool yeah, at all. Yeah, some dudes posted my phone number. Fucking bastards. Mm -hmm. They doxed you? I don't know. That's I mean, kind this of was when I was doxing. like a sophomore in high yeah. school. I don't know if doxing was even a thing. I don't know. Oh, it, it's all it's always been a thing. But they posted like my selfies, you know, of like my face from MySpace, yeah. mind you, not Facebook. And they posted my phone number MySpace. and they were like, if I get a hundred calls in thirty minutes. I'll post my tits or something ridiculous <laughs> wow. like that. that. That's why on, on that's why <laughs> no on that that's why on that website. Whenever you see that, it's always bullshit. It's well, so it's always bad. bullshit. You know, what's really crazy is how <laughs> cybersecurity is nowadays. Yeah, like you can use your command prompt and just to DOS attack somebody. Oh, like you can yeah. literally like DOS attack someone's IP address just from your command prompt. Oh that yeah, of course. Yeah. All you're doing is you're just uh, overloading the reload button, pretty much. It's right, pretty and it's the sending multiple pings sending multiple back and forth pings, to the same IP, packets. and yeah. it lags out that that IP. Like it just DOS attack done. I I've wonder seen it how many times people have tried to do that to me. It's an easy way to just shut someone off the internet. It, for a it is. It doesn't I, last long. It, but. It's like back in the day on AOL chat rooms, you had the punters. Oh yeah, yeah where you would be punted off. 
I've heard of that. I don't know any about, about any of that, but you brought me back with MySpace. Nice. Oh, MySpace. There we go. Yeah. That, that, that's where social media started out. Was, for, was there, for my was, there generation. A lot of, was there a lot of memes like the stuff from the Princess Bride on MySpace? Because I wasn't really on MySpace back no, then. No, not when I was. Not on really. That. It wasn't. It wasn't a real meme heavy. Mostly people just liked the fact that they could edit their own pages and e- edit oh, okay. the HTML and, and yeah. put music on their profile. CSS. Yeah. Oh wow. All right. Where is the poison? The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. But it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it. So I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You've made your decision then? <laughs> not remotely. Because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows. And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. And criminals are used to having people not trust them as you are not trusted by me. So I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia. And you must have suspected I would have known the powder's origin, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're just stalling now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? You've beaten my giant, which means you're exceptionally strong. So you could have put the poison in your own goblet, trusting on your strength to save you, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you've also bested my Spaniard, which means you must have studied. And in studying, you must have learned that man is mortal, so you would have put the poison as far from yourself as possible, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're trying to trick me into giving away something. It won't work. It has worked. You've given everything away. I know where the poison is. Then make your choice. I will. And I choose. What in the world can that be? What? Where? I don't see anything. Oh, well, I... I could have sworn I saw something. I thought no matter. <laughs> What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me from my glass and you from yours. <laughs> you guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. (laughs) Ha ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. That's that cool. was that was kind of. I mean, MySpace was way cooler than Facebook. Come on, guys, we downgraded. It was not way cooler, but it was still a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I still have my HTML for Dummies book. For real, <laughs> I do. Oh, that's fucking awesome. But anyway, we have you know those characters played by Carrie Elwes, and then we also have the trio. Um, yeah, the uh, trio. Inigo, Fezzik, and Vicini, and Vicini is played by Wallace Shawn. And I guess the most immediately recognizable thing to me is is from Toy Story, right? Yeah, right, yeah, definitely. Rex, he was Rex. 
And I also, mean, uh, what was the other Disney movie? Uh, the Haunted Mansion. He was in that, right? Oh yeah, he, he he's he's a well-known character actor. He's been in a lot of different movies. His voice is very recognizable. Oh, very much so. Very recognizable. <laughs> Stuff Inconceivable. Like that. Inconceivable. He played Stewie's unborn brother in Family yeah, Guy. Yeah, that's right. He he does <laughs> exactly. A little redheaded shit. And he's fucking perfect in that role. It That's is hilarious. absolutely, completely, and in all other ways, inconceivable. But you know what was crazy? He did this movie that was done by the director of Donnie Darko. It's called Southland Tales, and it is batshit insane, guys. Nice. It has got. It, it has. Who was who, who it? Uh, who was who the guy that played Raiden in Mortal Kombat? Mm, I don't know. I can't believe I forget his name, but. Anyways, I mean, it had a lot of recognizable people from like Saturday Night Live and a lot of different, a lot of really really different actors. It had it had Dwayne Johnson in it, fucking Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He was in that fucking movie. I don't even know, dude. I have that movie. I need to show it to you guys. It is a mind fuck. You're just like, what the fuck? Justin Timberlake was in that movie. Wow. You know, does anybody dislike The Rock? I don't dislike him. I don't think anybody does. I mean, how can you dislike he's The Rock? Awesome. I mean, there, there's nothing to yeah. dislike. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got that wholesome vibe. He I does. don't know, like uh, Terry Crews or... I, I would no, say... Maybe he, not he Terry Crews. He got some allegations, though, recently. Yeah. I don't know about that, but... Um, he said something against the gay community, kind of, right? Oh. Was that oh what it was? Because he, he Yeah, was, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. That's a whole nother situation we shouldn't even get into. I'm just yeah, saying, let's, people let's... out there that don't like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, show yourselves to me because I don't believe you exist. Yeah, yeah, like yeah serious, seriously. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. <laughs> you know, I once got made fun of for saying it like that. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I have been I have been made fun of for saying it like that. Because you can't Dwayne say that. It's you should have made fun of them Do you know back. how many people say yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. I know. Thank you. Thank you for uh, understanding. Exactly. It's, That's what you should have done. Them. It's The Rock okay. or it's Dwayne Johnson. It's his, name is Ash, Johnson. You can, his name is Ash bully and you can bully him. him. This motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Fucking great. <laughs> anyway, we also have, of course, Robin Wright. Has she done anything recently? I didn't really check her IMDb or anything, but I mean, this was her first role. And right she's here. the titular character, the Princess Bride, exactly. or, or Buttercup. Who actually doesn't bring a whole lot to the table. No, no, at all. And I believe in the book it said, I didn't read it, but I remember, I, I think I heard that she's not supposed to, she's supposed to be not very bright, right? So, something like that. I mean, she has some damsel in distress qualities to yeah. her, but also kind of... Sometimes you could be a little proactive. Like she did try to jump off the ship and swim to the boat with you know kind Wesley, of. the man in black, following the trio. You know after she was kidnapped. So yeah, she's I mean, had some powerful moments. I she mean, does. Oh, and you can't forget Robin Wright was in Forrest Gump. Oh, that's oh, right. Is she Jenny? Jenny? She's Jenny. Yeah, she's Naked Jenny. Jenny. And you mentioned House of Cards already. Really? I did not. That was not me. Bro. Really? Mm. Who, 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 who mentioned yeah, House of Cards in what way? You know way? what? That was No, that was Ariel. Da, another yeah, girl who's hanging out with us. I was, well, yeah. she is the main girl of House of Cards. I haven't seen the show, but wow, I know that. No, no kidding. Wow. Crazy. Shout out. But, you know, and of course, today we do have a, a resident feminist on board. Oh, Normally oh, we have oh, wow. We call Ro- Robert our, our, our resident car guy, you mm. know? A resident yeah. everything. And, resident and Dakota everything. and I are like the resident video game guys so that's just kind of our thing here yeah but as our as, you, as our resident feminist okay <laughs> does the portrayal oh, of yes. buttercup i mean does this movie pass does it have a feminist seal of approval 
Here go. Or, uh, <laughs> honestly, I want to say it, there's a little bit of misogyny there. Maybe does, that's, does it pass the Bechdel test in any way? I don't, I don't know think so. What that is? Is that a feminist thing? It is. It is. <laughs> oh, Supposedly, wow, here, here's what it is: is is there more than one female character? Do they talk oh. to each other? And if they talk to each other, do they talk about a man or not? <laughs> uh, that that's gotcha. the Bechdel test. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like the Turing test or something. Yeah, some, something like that. It's kind of. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of ge- generic, don't you think? Or I'm, you, I'm not re- sure. reductive. Maybe. You mean? I'm not. Yeah. Maybe, but I mean, it it is interesting to see which movies and which uh, comic book series or which video games pass or not. Because right. I mean, it's more of like a cultural magnifying glass. Well, does this film pass that? There are two female characters. There's Buttercup, and then there's uh, Miracle Max's. Uh, Can I bust wife. y'all's balls real quick? What? Yeah. Okay, Ash just asked me for my feminist point of view. This month. And then Bo interjected and I started so explaining sorry. some shit. And then so y'all went sorry. off on a tangent. I'm so uh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I just had to throw it out there. Yeah, feminist we, 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 de- we deserve that. <laughs> we totally deserve that. Yeah, no, okay. Real quick, though, I'm a feminist. I also have a sense of humor. Uh, so of course. I don't think that this movie aged all that well in that category but at the same time i love it so whatever yeah and and it's it's okay to do that right and even even as a feminist as you claim it's easy to look beyond that and to kind of see it for what it is i mean it's all the freaking monty python dudes i wouldn't right. expect yeah. anything serious it's all <laughs> satire exactly. so of course yeah yeah i mean yeah of course she's a damsel in distress because that's what she was supposed to be, and that's part of what made it funny. Right. In fact, when we were watching it earlier, I noticed that more so than ever, because the last time that I've watched it was, like, years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. Always interesting to reflect on the stuff you used to watch back in the day. Mm -hmm. I think, and it's not... Enti- I'm not entirely certain when watching this movie if that that slight amount of misogyny is somewhat intentional or not, you know? It may be somewhat satirical, or it might just be a product of its time. Yeah, um, both. Yeah, in a way, right? More or less. Um, of course, uh, Robin Wright also is uh, joined by some other stars. We have uh, Christopher Guest playing Count Rogan and Chris Sarandon playing Prince Humperdinck. Oh yeah, and Humperdinck. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. It, it, it's very interesting what happens to him in the end. I mean, he totally bitches out. He doesn't die, and what's funny is Peter Falk, who's the narrator. He he already story. Yeah, um, he does. Well, he's narrating the plot, and then the grandson, who's who's the reader or the listener in the story, framing narrative, questions and says, "Oh no, Prince Humperdinck didn't marry uh, Buttercup. You're getting the story wrong. Read it right." (laughs) And 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 that's funny because um, (laughs) I don't know. I'm biased. I was going somewhere this with this. motherfucker. Um, that's funny because at that point he asks, well, you know, Wesley gets Humperdinck, right? right? And then, yeah, Fred Savage says that. And at that point, the grandfather, Peter Falk, tells him flat out no, which kind of, I guess, spoils the movie in a way, but it's part of it. It's part of that, uh, part of the narrative. Right. And when I was younger, I used to be upset about that because I was like, man, it spoils the movie. That wasn't you know? the point. Right. But exactly. You got to think about that. that's not the point of that scene, you know. And Humperdinck doesn't not die, but all. all the same, he's humiliated and defeated. And, yeah, and I yeah. definitely think, um, you know, completely finished by Wesley's to the pain in, in its own his own way. Right. right. 
it's it's worse than death. Yeah. You know, he has to live with that. I that would, humiliation. I wouldn't want to. Shit. Yeah. And it was really all a metaphor, you know, all that pain, getting everything cut off. It was is what it was. It was it was metaphorically telling him how he's going to feel after all this. Mm-hmm. And then his aide, the six-fingered man, Count Rugen, who serves as the the end of Inigo's Christopher Guest, right? Yeah, Christopher Guest serves oh, as the end nice. of uh, Inigo's vengeance. Arc. Does does Christopher Guest have six fingers? In real life, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that that would be pretty have cool. Ask I that. mean, maybe that was part of the casting Please call. Stop Must have six fingers. Me if I have six fingers, <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. Doesn't the character seem a little bit sensitive about it in the movie? As soon as Inigo <laughs> right, says yeah. it, he goes, "You have six fingers on your on your." No, no. Uh, it's Wesley e- says Wesley, it. Wesley yeah. says Wesley it. Wesley yeah, says it yeah. because of the story Nigo told him, and he says, "You have six fingers on your left hand. Somebody was looking for you." And before he even says someone is looking for you, he pulls out his sword, showing that he's angry about the fact that he said the fact and hits him with fingers. the hilt of it. And There's always one. Right. Yeah. Always a good <laughs> knock to the head, knock yeah. to the noggin. We oh already, yeah, yeah. We already mentioned Billy Crystal, of course, as Miracle Max, and then you know we have the dynamic between Peter Falk and Fred Savage and just this sort of interplay that frames the story. Um, and it, it's, it's a grandpa, as we said before, reading a story to his grandson, a story by S. Morgenstern that was read to him by his father and he read it to Fred Savage's father. Yeah, yeah. And, and so and he's reading it to him now that, that Fred Savage is sick. Uh, Fred Savage is in his, you know, 80s room playing an 80s baseball video game. He's got a Chicago Bears shirt and you've just kind of got this this innocent, 80s vibe, innocent child feel. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Which uh, in that movie, Once Upon a Deadpool, which was the PG-13 version of Deadpool 2, they actually framed that story with actual Fred Savage. Older Fred Savage. An older Fred Savage as an adult chained to his bed and Deadpool's reading the story of Deadpool 2 and in the same way cutting out the bad parts that are scary and so the movie passes for PG-13 which is brilliant. Ingenious. Brilliant. Yeah of course. And and an awesome callback to the many fans of of The Princess Bride. Oh certainly. So and in you guys opinion okay do you think that this frame narrative adds to the movie or detracts from it? I don't think so. I don't think it takes anything away from the movie. If if anything, it influences the actual flow of the story, right? I believe so. You know, when I was a kid, I used to dislike actually that part of the story. But as I grow older, uh, it's part of the charm. And and it's it's very much a part of the narrative. Well, and that's the comforting part of it, you know, like, I think the first time I ever saw it, I was staying home from school. I was sick and my mom showed it to me. And so, you know, I mean. Right. You relate to the movie. You get the same vibe and it's it's yeah. kind of important. Yeah. And, and, you know, that frame narrative, of course, was adapted from the novel. And in the novel, uh, S. Morgenstern, it's the same book, The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern, that's been passed down. And the abridger, which is William Goldman, who wrote the screenplay, basically takes out the bad versions of the story and creates a storybook tale um, with his own commentary throughout. Good heavens. Are you still trying to win? You've got an overdeveloped sense of vengeance. 
going to get you into trouble someday. Kill my father. Prepare to die. Hello. My name is Diego Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Hello. My name is Diego Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that. Promise me that. All that I have and more. Please. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. And so this movie adapted that storyline in the best way possible, keeping the frame narrative, but making it, I guess, better for movie audiences. And that's really where this movie, I guess, triumphs, you know, and at least in one part. And I believe that that deserved a whole talking point was just that yeah that frame story yeah i honestly i mean the interplay between fred savage and peter falk is just so natural that i mean it really helps kind of where am i going with this i'm stoned (laughs) it's comforting it's It's comforting exactly it's 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 heartwarming it's it's, that's what i was trying to say earlier pretty much well right and trying to elaborate elaborate on what you were saying ash s morgenstern is completely fictional yeah S. Morgenstern is a fictional character. Right. And that's He's not the actual. Exactly. That, that's it's really interesting. I remember reading that at one time. S. Morgenstern. And to think about, yeah. S. Morgenstern was completely fake. There is no S. Morgenstern. It's yeah, a yeah. Pseudonym, yeah. but it, it's. If that's well, not the real clear. Right. S. Morgenstern, please stand up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that that's another element that makes this movie feel like a fairy tale, you know, in a lot of ways, but, you know, a self aware fairy tale. Now, of course bypassing our own nostalgia lens and uh, you know this movie status as a cult classic um, do you guys think it still holds up today by cinematic standards yeah I think that it held up rather well I mean I was very entertained I haven't watched it in a while I mean that's what I think I would agree completely honestly I, I have nothing against this movie I grew up with it and even without that foreknowledge it's such a rememberable movie other than aesthetics yes absolutely yeah. You can see the green screen being used. No, not even that. <laughs> like I I'm talking more about like their costumes and stuff like that. Like and maybe okay, maybe I'm ruined by Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> but when I was watching it earlier with y'all, I was like, wow. You know, that belt looks like it's from the dollar store. It probably was. <laughs> so that's where they lost me. And again, that's what made me realize I had not seen it in a long time. How how did you feel about Game of Thrones? I've, that's a contentious topic, and I feel like that deserves you know just a little bit of discussion in any cinematic platform. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, me personally, <laughs> I don't I don't have any real dog in that fight because I haven't seen any more than maybe a few episodes of Game of Thrones. But I don't have anything against it. I just haven't seen a whole lot of it. I haven't seen it either, but I've kept up with the spoilers. Yes, yeah, I 
I, I know mostly like the stuff from the memes and you know every now and again I might read an article about it on like Salon or something like that. Like they, they post about it a lot. Well, so. I mean, all I know is what we talked about earlier is that in episode one, it already teaches the world that they are desensitized to incest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched the first episode and I've watched the finale recently. I've seen it. I've seen all of it. Yeah. Right on. I love it. I'm not mad. That's all I have to say. Yeah. A lot of things were predictable, but at the same time, they really did throw you off. And I think that's really good directing, screenplay, all the above. You know, I was looking at this article and they use a lot of CGI. I oh, mean, yeah. No. A lot. And I'm not, obviously, I mean, you got a dragon, right? But I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, there's, a, there's, there's scenes where you can see crowds of people and they only have, I mean, it's like hundreds of people, oh, you know, yeah, and they only yeah. have like the first row of people. That's and actually pretty cool. The rest cool. is all CGI and duplicated and redone. And it's amazing. If actually look, if you look at the scenes and you cut it down, you can see the duplication, but you have to really cut down. Like I was sh- looking that, at this post on Snapchat. That's a pretty common CGI right. thing. It's also used in games a lot. Of course. If you really, really look like like sports games, especially back in the day. It's the same four people up in the stands. just repeating. Yeah. <laughs> repeating the same uh, uh, oh, animation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> I, I did a little bit of research, you know, and, and I, had, I had seen some of the practical effects and, and the CGI that they use for Game of Thrones. It's really clever. It's just another example of this kind of, I guess, rising progression in the in- entertainment industry right now. You know, for the first time, people are realizing that people are willing to binge watch a series. And so you can produce a TV series with the same quality you put into blockbusters. With that, you know, kind of movement, we also are are seeing that, well, in general, we're learning that our mind spans, our our attention spans are much bigger than we thought. People are willing to binge watch movies, TV shows, weeks. Yeah, right. exactly. People are willing to listen to podcasts, the podcast that's format. Exactly. I was going to say that. That's yeah. a total analogy to that. I mean, that's perfect. I mean, people are willing to to listen to podcasts because it's so convenient. That's what's so great about it. When you're in a car, you can just listen to it and it's nothing. You know, it's this huge rise in podcasting. Yeah, it's, and, and pretty much every phone has like a default podcast app and right. you can always download stuff like Stitcher or, you know, Podbean or Spotify or stuff like that. You know, I mean, it, it, it's more accessible than it's ever been. In, yeah, honestly. personally, I mean, I still use the iTunes native one, you know, the yeah. iTunes podcast. Yeah, so, so have I. And I've yeah. been using Pandora, I shit you not. Right. Now there's a bunch of popular podcasts on Pandora. I was I was waiting for them to start putting podcasts on Pandora. You know, Overcast, I have actually, my dad likes that one a lot. He was talking to me about it and I've been looking at it and it's a nice podcasting format. But obviously we can't stop talking about Chill Lover Radio, right? Yeah, Chill Lover Radio. Download the app. We are on the podcast section. Yep. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna make a, a promo for it at the beginning of the episode. Sounds but good. yeah, yeah, download the app, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see, you know, just just this format grow, and we're super excited to be a part of it. Of course, going into that, we are now at the end of season two. Do you have anything to say about? I'm very satisfied with the way that this season came out. I mean, I, I think we talked about a lot of really, really interesting movies from different genres that, you know, are r- really matter to people, I think, you know? 
yeah. And uh, I was super excited to finally be able to put in my own input this season and uh, able to decide a few episodes. Yeah. We got Dakota on board this season, finally. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I'm here for the whole season. Kind of started with episode one and ended with this last episode. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I'll continue. Yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to having you in season three. Yeah, no, I'm excited. This season was fantastic. Uh, we spent it all in this studio. Yeah, we, section nine. Yeah, section nine studios. Not your bedroom anymore, huh? Not my bedroom, and and for a while we were in Robert's living room <laughs> or dining room, I should yeah. say. Not so, my uh, bedroom anymore. There my, you go. It's not my bedroom. Hell no. So I lucked out. I didn't have to uh, spend any long days enduring your bedroom, but oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> Ash, you remember recording in the bedroom, right? I do. I was on since we did uh, the indie movie Hectic Knife. Yeah, yeah. I remember recording out of your room, which looks exactly like how you probably left it in when you were a teenager. <laughs> oh no, it was worse. It was worse. <laughs> Way worse, dude. But my my room's a mess. I I I neglect it so much. And then Robert's house. By the way, guys, if you haven't noticed. Robert's sweet, sweet baritone is missing. This yeah, episode. yeah, he's not here. We look forward to having him on the next couple of episodes because we are recording this. We are pre-recording this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the deal with this is that you know I'm having a baby soon, and yeah. so I wanted to make sure that we pre-recorded our season finale. So for us, we just finished. What was it? Slumber, Slumber Party, Party Massacre. Ma- yep. Yeah. Slumber Party Massacre was our most recent episode, and we should by by now we should have done Leprechaun Returns. Yeah. Uh-huh. By the yeah, time we release, I mean we'll release this in order, right? We're going to release it in order. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's after that? Between Leprechaun Returns and anything else? Oh, it's going to be Martyrs. Martyrs. <laughs> I can't wait to show that one to you guys. I'm excited. Yeah. That 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 that's a brutal fucking movie. It's brutal. But it's very important Your to watch. Your smile says it all. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we've had an amazing season, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. And so I've been a part of season one as well, although Bo and Robert trucked on you know, themselves for a while. Yeah, it was a duo for a little bit. And Just a two-man show. Bringing the other Chancellor brother on board. And, and then uh, later separating into our gaming yeah, and then yeah. we spun out this year. We spun out our collateral gaming yeah, podcast. Uh, of course, we I like to talk about it a little bit every episode. You know, of course, uh, do a little bit of promo for collateral gaming, which is kind of mainly my project, but Dakota's as well. And we're going to record our episode on The Last of Us, and then our finale on Spider-Man PS4. That I'm super stoked to release and to get out to you guys, hopefully before the baby gets here. If not, the finale might be out a little bit later. We're just going to wing it. We'll see how it goes. And we should be starting up with Collateral Cinema again on season three. That should be in October. What can we expect from season three, Bo? We can expect an interesting array of movies. We're going to have our first couple of anime that we're going to get into. Akira, yeah. Akira and Perfect Blue. Yeah. Of course, don't want to spoil too many of the movies, but like you said, we've got a lot coming. Oh, yeah, we got a lot. And of course, Collateral Cinema, Civil War. Yes, that's going to be our opening, our with, premiere episode. With Michael Cornwell of the Country Club Podcast. <laughs> that is going to be amazing, right? Oh, my man, Cornwell. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. He hates that movie. He, <laughs> he hates everything. I hate that movie as well. 
Man, we almost had him on an episode, and then... Yeah, it didn't work out. I would like to try to get him back on soon. Yeah, that would be for great. a bonus episode or something. Yeah, so if we don't release another bonus episode, our next one, of course, is going to be Suicide Squad, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Do you have any bonus episodes planned, or...? I think that we were talking about doing a cross uh, episode with the Country Club and having it be a film commentary. I don't, I don't remember what movie they were talking about, but it's going to be something kind of kind of silly because they like to rag on a bunch of shit. So I, of I don't course. know. They're yeah. a bunch of funny dudes. They are a bunch, bunch of, of goobers. F- yep. Funny dudes. And, and I, I, I'm on that podcast every like now and again. to fool around those guys. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, we, we love our fellow you know, network podcast, I guess, you know, yeah. country club podcast. And of course, uh, Chaz's trial by error, trial by error, trial yep. by error variety show podcast. Check, yeah, check him out based in the area. Yep. Are there any other like podcasts, you know, based in the area? Not really. Like, I know a County. couple of people who wanted to start one, uh, but they did. They need to holler at me whenever, but yeah, our yeah. studio cough, will be cough. up for rent. Yeah. And today's episode of collateral cinema, of course, was missing our sweet, sweet Robert, but we do have Megan here today as well. Which is interesting because I heard you just say, ahem. Did you say you want to start a podcast yourself? What? No, no. That is so not what I meant. Oh. Like, no, really, y'all. No, for real. No. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm not ready to front a podcast. I'm not ready. No, between my job and trying to buy a house and yeah, it's a bunch a, of other crap. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm miserable, actually. You're here right now. You're here right now. You gotta make the best of it. Thank you guys for having me, for real. It's been a blast. It was a lot of fun having you, of course. Be happy to come back. Oh, certainly. We'll show you the uh, episode list for next season. You can pretty much pick and choose what you want. Sweet. Hell yeah. Well, guys, you can find Collateral Cinema on iTunes, on Podbean, Spotify, Google, uh, Play, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts, we also, have, of course, the Podcoin app. Podcoin. That's yep. what you're going to say. I know. That's exactly I saw, what I was going to say. I saw the wheels turning, Bo. <laughs> um, yeah, we got on the Podcoin app where you can get paid to listen to podcasts. How cool is that? That's always cool. I think we're going to have a promo at the mid-roll on this episode. So Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, also, Chill Lover Radio app, who are uh, our network that hosting our platform among among others go check out all the other podcasts and radio shows on show lover radio app of course uh, collateral gaming is also on show lover and uh also you know wherever you get your podcasts both both of us yeah yeah We're definitely sure. and also you know i think we mentioned itunes uh i i want to say that we'll be on iheart radio soon through chill lover radio but i'm not entirely sure what what's going on with that right now but they got us on soundcloud they, yeah they have us on soundcloud as well yeah well, as i mentioned earlier overcast we're also on that yeah we're on overcast platform. yeah mm-hmm. that's right and also we're on lofty tv radio nice that's another one yeah and uh we're on facebook instagram youtube the like all uh, twitter. social media twitter follow uh, us on twitter ladies and gentlemen we need more followers twitter. to the death no to the pain I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. That may be the first time in my life a man has dared insult me. It won't be the last. To the pain means the first thing you lose will be your feet below the ankles, then your hands at the wrists, next your nose, 
And then my tongue, I suppose. I killed you too quickly the last time. A mistake I don't mean to duplicate tonight. I wasn't finished. The next thing you lose will be your left eye, followed by your right. And then my ears, I understand. Let's get on with it. Wrong! Your ears you keep, and I'll tell you why. So that every shriek of every child at seeing your hideousness will be yours to cherish. Every babe that weeps at your approach, every woman who cries out, Dear God, what is that thing? will echo in your perfect ears. That is what the pain means. It means I leave you in anguish, wallowing in freakish misery forever. I think you're bluffing. It's possible, pig. I might be bluffing. It's conceivable, you miserable, vomitous mass. I'm only lying here because I lack the strength to stand. But then again, perhaps I have the strength after all. Yeah, follow our personal accounts too. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I need to start a personal account actually. So I, I have the Collateral Cinema account. I need to start a personal one on Twitter. Yeah, you want to get checkmarked eventually, don't you, Bo? Oh, definitely. I want what that. I want that mean? verification. There you go. I need that. You know, I already have my my Facebook public figure page set up. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Inst- it kind of came with making Instagram a business page. So yeah, I'm yeah. a business now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Ash is legit, y'all. Yeah. Totally. I mean, uh, I mean, we're all just you know, bunch of jackasses sitting in a circle. But, um, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> oh, of course. That that yeah, that's collateral cinema in a nutshell. Wait, we didn't have a room reference. Oh God. Oh no. Love is blind. Okay. Why <laughs> go to why? Why, Lisa? Why? All right. We we checked that off. We checked off. Master of Disguise. Which sits is that out. Really, is that really necessary? It sits out there. I threw it out the fucking door. It chunked it. It's in. It's in. It's. It's been chunked to the ether. Is it still out there, Bo? It's still out there. <laughs> oh my god! I have not moved it. I will uh, let the sun bake it to a fucking crisp. That was like a week ago. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's unusable. That, that's four goddamn American dollars. I'm never getting back. <laughs> four so, goddamn American, American dollars. I spent ten dollars on food fight, which I haven't even shown these two yet. This is oh. America. I listened to part of the of your, the episode on Food Fight, and I thought that was a lot of fun. Oh, you should see it. it. It's on YouTube for free. And we got the commentary as well. I started Food Fight. Yeah, I did. Yeah. We've got the commentary for Food Fight. Guys, if you want to support us and you, you like what we do, uh, we do have a Patreon page uh, where you can donate, and also the Podbean patron, which is, I think is where we have the commentary. That's where right we have now. the commentaries. We, we really need to start working on the Patreon, honestly. Yeah. Like, that's got to be up and running at least by season three. Yeah, Collateral Gaming 2, we also have um, a Patreon, but not a lot set up. Just our first Let's Play commentary, Fable 3, and that one's free, just like the Food Fight one is. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, guys, I guess we've been joining on enough and, you know, taking your precious time away. But um, any final thoughts, everybody? I think that this movie will always stand the test of time in some way because the dialogue, like I said, it never skips a beat. The pacing is tight. I mean, it bookends so well with a very, very meaningful moment on both ends. 
and, and the characters. I mean, what, what else can you say about them? I mean, that we haven't said already. Yeah, the characters are phenomenal, and they make this movie. And the memes. Come on, the fucking memes. Right. And this movie will go down in history. This, exactly. this film has brought true love to our hearts. <laughs> well, true love. True love. Mowage. Mowage. Yeah, no, for real. It's, it's an amazing movie. It always will be. Incredible. What, what, what are your final thoughts, Meg? Every day from this point forward and from this point before, when I am at home sick, eating ramen or whatever it is, this movie is on. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, that's what it means. It, it me. is kind of like cinematic comfort food, right? Yeah, yeah. Chicken noodle soup, but it's a movie. Yeah. There you go. You yeah. said it, Megan. Yeah. And it's so ingrained in, in the culture, you know? Yeah. My family, for instance, we all love this movie. I think this is my mom's favorite movie, my dad's, by my brother, Dakota. Of course. <laughs> it's mine. good for the soul. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, yeah, for us, this is just a, a huge fa- favorite. I think Uncle Brian loves it as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aunt Lily. Um, but, uh, Aunt Lily. No. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course, wifey got to like it as well, right? <laughs> Lillian actually really isn't into to uh the fantasy genre really no this um, doesn't count as this fantasy genre it's it's a satire of the fantasy genre it's a satire of fairy tales at the very least yeah i, I tried to explain that to her but she's also pregnant and very sleepy so Fair the last, when you yeah. tried to watch the movie last night i you know i let her do her thing so <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough but um yeah this movie is is you know part of my identity in a way you know mm-hmm. and you know, just the many, many, many quotable lines. This movie, you know, just as quotable, if not more, than The Room, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it's it's very special, very near and dear to my heart anyway. Anyways, guys, um, that being said, my name is Ashley Chancellor. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Dakota Chancellor. And I am Megan Price. And this is Collateral Cinema Season 2. Woo! Deuces. Oh. Deuce, yeah. See you next season, ladies and gentlemen. Go follow Collateral Gaming. Collateral Gaming is better.
Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.